On the surface, a pairing of a Bach keyboard concerto with one by Philip Glass might seem like an odd coupling, but not in the hands of Simona Dinnerstein, who joins us now from the Dubway Studios in New York City. Hello, Simona, and welcome back. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, the new album is called Circles and features a piano concerto by Johann Sebastian Bach and one by Philip Glass that was written for you. Uh, before we get into the music, tell me a little bit about the ensemble of Far Cry, who are your collaborators on this. Uh, Far Cry is a fabulous group that's based in Boston. They're a conductorless string orchestra. I think there are 18 people in this configuration. I've worked with them for a couple of years now. I've done various collaborations with them, and they're a very cooperative kind of group, like everybody has a different role that they play in running the, the, the organization, and and they're very um, experimental in the way that they rehearse, and just really, really interesting musicians who are, you know, very idealistic, so it's, it's wonderful to play with them. There's a photograph on the cover of the CD that shows you with your back to the camera at the piano, and the musician's standing, uh, except for the cellists, arrayed in a circle around you, as in the title of the album. Yes, that's how we, that's how we played um, these pieces and how we performed them. It's, it's actually kind of the old-fashioned way, going back to Bach's time and you know, Mozart's time, when the pianist would lead from the piano, the piano would be facing the orchestra. It allows for a lot of communication amongst everyone. The, the lid is off of the piano, so everybody can hear. And um, a far cry also uh, stands antiphonally. So in the recording, the first violins and second violins were facing each other, you know, opposite uh, the piano. What's Another thing that's kind of interesting, especially with a, a smaller group like this, with that configuration, you can actually make eye contact with any one of the musicians, right? Absolutely. And I, I that's what I really love is that we're all looking at each other and and every member, not just the first stands, but everyone playing. Um, and uh, we also tried doing things like being more improvisatory in the way that we approached certain parts of the music where we we tried not to have a plan and to just play off of each other in the way that, um, you know, jazz musicians do. And that was really amazing, and that couldn't have happened if we weren't facing each other. That's, that's fascinating. I've been in situations where there wasn't a plan, and, and usually the, uh, the results are a little disappointing. But uh, <laughs> and how, how did you, was that an experiment, or did you, did you I guess I'm a little stunned. <laughs> uh, yeah, it I mean, it, it's very hard to do with most orchestras because usually you just never have enough rehearsal time to do that. You actually need more rehearsal time in order to be free enough to not have a plan because you need to know kind of how how the other people breathe, how, how you all work together. Mm. And it really involves everybody being extremely engaged and listening very hard. So... This is something that actually I've never been successful at doing before, and I've, I've always <laughs> wanted to do. It. I've always wanted to do it, but it's never happened with an orchestra that we could really do this. And 
So it was really exciting to to have that experience with them. Well, Simona, your uh, level of Bach playing, I think, is right at the top uh, in you. the business. I, I, I think of you with, with folks like uh, Murray Pariah, say, oh, wow. <laughs> and Angela Hewitt. And, uh, but in this case, when you know that the other half of the album is going to be Philip Glass, did that affect your Bach playing in any way? Um, no, I I don't think so. I mean, I think that um, I approach Bach and Glass. Um, I guess I I would say I approach them in a similar way. I mean, the, in terms of how I go about trying to untangle the music and um, discover what I think is inside of the music and bring that out. Well, the the Bach sounds well. The whole album sounds wonderful, but the Bach is is also uh, uh, up to your standards, I would say. Thank uh, you. And uh, let's take a listen here to a little bit of the finale of the Keyboard Concerto Number no. Seven in G Minor, BWV Ten Fifty Eight, by Johann Sebastian Bach, Simona Dinnerstein at the piano, with the ensemble of Far Cry from their new album. <laughs> Thank you. 
Simona Dinnerstein and A Far Cry from their new album, Circles. Now, at, at first blush, Philip Glass and Johann Sebastian Bach might seem uh, uh, not the, the first pair that you might put together, but if you think about it and listen to it a little bit more, I think there are more similarities than differences. Is that true? Is that accurate? Absolutely. And um, when I commissioned Philip Glass to compose this concerto, I told him that I wanted it to be paired with this particular Bach concerto. So he knew from the beginning, before he started composing, that that these two pieces were going to be played together. I would say that Bach is extremely important to Glass in terms of his own training, like the way that he grew as a musician uh, was by studying the music of Bach, and he studied it quite intensively as a student of Nadia Boulanger. But also, I think it's a it's a kind of conceptual connection, really. I don't I, I don't know if people will hear a direct link between the Bach concerto and the Glass concerto, but in terms of the the um, values that are in it they're very similar. I mean, I think that both composers are very interested in patterns, in sequences, in layers of voices, in a large structure that is made up of tiny structures. So there are all these interesting connections. And then also in terms of being a, an interpreter of the music, uh, both composers leave quite a lot open to interpretation. There's relatively few markings about articulation, dynamics, tempo, uh, phrasing, things like that. It's interesting that uh, Bach used uh, that very concerto as uh, a violin concerto and, and frequently would substitute solo instruments. Do you see uh, a violinist playing this glass concerto? Uh, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I I think that this, I wouldn't see this as being a concerto that could be played by another instrument. However, um, Glass is a composer who, like Bach, often transcribes his own music or uses parts of one piece in another. Um, this is very Bachian. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it winds up transforming into another kind of piece at some point um, for a different instrumentation. And you mentioned in the notes that repetition is an important feature both in Glass and Bach where they, they ask the listener and the performer to listen again to uh, phrases and such. Yes, definitely. I, th I think an interest in repetition is a very human interest. You know, we like ritual and routine and we like we like to have another chance at hearing something or seeing something or you know meeting someone and um and i think that this music reflects that very human interest in revisiting the music of, of philip glass is not entirely predictable um when you first got the score, did you work with, with Philip in the, in, during the composition, or did you just get the score? And, and when you did, what were your first impressions? 
Well, he sent me the first movement when he finished that, and then I received the entire concerto in July, and the premiere with A Far Cry was in September. So I was not involved in the com composition process, and in fact, I never am. Whenever I work with a composer, I, I, I feel that's not my place to be part of that process. But... Um, I then, after I received the music in July, a couple of weeks after receiving it, I went and played it for him and um, attempted to play the whole piece with, you know, the orchestra parts, too. Wow. Yeah, and that was, that was a very interesting experience because he was essentially hearing the piece for the first time, you know, not him playing it, but hearing somebody <laughs> else play it. And he he realized certain things about it that he wanted to change, which he did while I was there. So it was just really um, very exciting to do that for him, to be there while he was listening to it. What a situation. Were, were you both uh, uh, anxious to hear <laughs> what comes yes. off the piano? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, this piece, um, this was a co-commission between 12 orchestras. So I'm playing it a lot with all different, all different groups, you know, some with conductors, some not. And everywhere that I play it, we keep on discovering another question in the score. Did he mean this note? <laughs> 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 so these poor, the poor publisher is like keeps on getting emails from me. I'm not sure about this note. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll, I'm sure it'll work itself out. Well, it does make you think about um, how, you know, we're so beholden to scores of, of dead composers, and how, uh, who knows how many of those are inaccurate, you know? Yeah, I'm oh. sure that there are little inaccuracies that just happen. You look at some of Beethoven's first drafts, and, and you, won't, you marvel that anybody was able to figure them out. I know. <laughs> uh, the last movement of the glass concerto is dedicated to Ervo Parrott which is an yes. interesting uh, dedication. What, what is the connection there? Well, I think that um, I think that Glass really admires Parrot's music, and I believe that they're friends. And um, the piece is definitely, that movement is definitely influenced by Parrot's music in that it has a kind of drone um, that is... Uh, it reminds me a lot of the drones that I hear in Parrot's music, and it's very slow moving, um, and it's quite—I would say—it's almost mystical that movement. Um, it, it seems to do a lot to change our sense of time. And um, while I think it's extremely influenced by Parrot, it, to me, it's—it's it's very much Philip Glass's voice and. I think that in many ways it's the most stunning part of the whole concerto is that third movement. My guest has been Simona Dinnerstein. The new album is called Circles, Piano Concertos by Bach and Glass with the ensemble of Far Cry. Simona, thank you so much for your time. I think you've got another wonderful album out. Thank you. It was great talking with you. I think we'll end up with uh, Why Don't We Listen to that last movement dedicated to Ervo Parrott. 